0: hi welcome to the perfect blend
1: i'm candy and i'm shelly and we are glad you are joining us today for our tea and book discussion we are we have a really great book this is a really cool book i'm serious if you are into any kind of historical fiction, and also mystery, and also magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things in Jars. Things in Jars. By
0: Just Kid. You've got a special tea, so I'll let you go first. Yours we both special. have pretty special
1: teas, but I'm <laughs> I had a friend who was traveling in Ireland for her honeymoon. She sent me some tea called Connemara Kitchen Irish Tea. It's a Irish cream flavored Irish tea. Ooh. And it's... It, it tastes like a like good, strong breakfast tea with mm-hmm. the smell of a good Irish cream. But this time of day, I felt like it needed a good hit of real Irish cream. So it's got some Baileys in it.
0: Cheers.
1: So it's really tasty.
0: <laughs> I bet it is. I bet we're going to have a good conversation. Uh-huh. I went back with uh, Tin Roof Teas, Einstein's Equation, which mm-hmm. has ginkgo leaf, go to cola, Red clover, rosemary, and ginger. I figured that I needed a little mental refreshing and feelings of clarity and precision because this is a twisted tale. And I'm going to tell you, when I started it, you told me a little bit about it and I started it and I really wasn't getting into it. I looked at the author's page It's she has a, excuse me, she has a PhD in creative writing from St. Mary's university in London. Mm-hmm. She and teaches when, I, it too, though. when I read that, I thought, okay. Yeah. Cause it's real wordy and I wasn't really getting into it. And then I just, just like all things that we, we've said this before, don't judge it right from the beginning. You know, once you get into it. And once I got into it, I was all in, all in there are just so many things. And I know, you know, when you were telling me about it, I was thinking, how is this, is this bad love? There's so much bad love going on this on so many different levels. It fits perfectly with
1: that. I know. Cause at first, that's what I was thinking when I first, you know, it came up on a couple of searches when I was, it was more of a search for a new author in a book. And it just came up on some of my searches and, That's how I found out about it. it's not like a recommendation or this is the first time I've ever read her books. But the bad loves part, when I first started reading, I said, it's just your crazy mystery. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, there is not one good guy in this book except for the dead guy (laughs) no they're a couple kind of
0: but yeah so many different kinds of bad love it was a great book and once again we have a strong female character lead she was a badass i must say a true badass and it we're back in
1: the 1800s in london (laughs) look we may not have a time traveling machine, but we do revisit a certain time period, don't we? We do. We
0: we just, I think we love it. And, and honestly, when I was getting towards the end of this book, they mentioned something and I said, I'm pretty sure they mentioned that in The Lost Apothecary. So mm-hmm. Nella and Eliza could have crossed paths with Brittany and Cora mm-hmm. in this time yep.
1: frame. Yep. Well, the very first part of the book, I was, unlike you, I was kind of hooked because I, love her wordsmith style. I love the lengthy descriptions and sort of dancing around what you're looking at without saying it. Mm -hmm. I I appreciated that part of it. And I thought it was pretty spooky and kind of creepy at the the beginning. And when it kind of hooked me there, it was a longer book than I usually read in a week. So (laughs) I I had to work. A little harder, but that's okay. I loved it. And The first thing that I thought of was one of the first books that we covered when we did Ray Bradbury, because as we were getting into it i thought about the, the early carnivals and the illustrated men and the side show weird mm-hmm. things and the crazy ways that they had to, they had to make money and try to entertain and then i thought about the witches of the new, new york and the phantasmagoria light play spooky seance kinds of things and so it's not all dark like that i mean it is kind of well it's pretty rainy all the time <laughs> there's a few non rainy moments in there but it's a great character, a very strong woman, a couple of good people, and some very interesting detective work that takes you into so many different parts of London yes. that that I really appreciated. And I love the mudlarking parts about them. I, Wasn't that funny? It, but it was. was. like, Oh, the mudlarkers are having a bad day of it. They can't even get out to the mud. And I'm like, I, what? I thought maybe they were talking about birds, like maybe mudlarks are really birds. But then she said something about their paddles. And I was like, oh, it is like people still looking all the time. People mm-hmm. are digging in the Thames. OK, I get it. And that's how the children
0: who you know, ran the streets, that's how they made their money by mm-hmm. picking up stuff to sell. I don't mind the language. I love Oh yeah. when you're bringing in the different language. It's not elementary right you know as a lot of books are when it just seemed at the beginning that it was kind of forced like it was just let me throw as many things in here as I can but then I noticed that (laughs) I didn't feel like it was forced anymore and I don't know if it was just her getting us into the story and the time because it did speak differently back then but I I got into the flow of it and it didn't bother me
1: except at the very beginning I was wondering through the whole thing too when we talk about the wordage and the language now she, she was brought up in London. I feel like she has a strong Irish heritage. She probably has said that when I read some things about her. This is a time period piece. There is a lot of words that describe things, everyday things that I had no idea what they were. Yeah, I have, yeah, I wrote down some crazy words. So I don't know if I was a Brit, British or Londoner now, would, would some of these words just be part of my everyday vocabulary, and you know them, and it's just not part of my vocabulary, or if it's really just she really holds on to some of those Victorian words and terms and style of speaking. Well, she did well, but I had my phone beside me, and I
0: was constantly looking things up. Mm-hmm. It, it would either be some object that she talked about, and I would always put Victorian in the description. So mm-hmm. I would get, you know, the more authentic looking mm-hmm. piece because I love to have that in my head. I always do that. If I, Of course, I had the notebook, so I'm writing stuff down, but I really just had my phone beside me and I just looked up words constantly in it and it was just full of them, which I don't mind because I think that you find out the more you read, you hear these things and think you'll never hear them again, but they come up and other things and it just enhances your vocabulary and your thinking in my humble opinion it does for me Uh, so I don't have a problem with that I think that's I guess I geek out on words I love words I did
1: geek out on them too and there was just so many I mean I wrote certain things down to try to remind myself but I can't, you know me, I can't write so much and still stay in the story. I don't like to be interrupted Girl, in my
0: world. Girl, I got a notebook beside me. But you, I'll have sticky notes I, I stop and go in. The dictionary it takes me forever to read a piece because if I'll I did go back that. I'd never get down with a book. <laughs> it's just part and parcel with me when I when I read, especially now because I want to remember things. And I really didn't write down that many things. And we just talked about the words. Time period.
1: We, we but even got this a real story.
0: story. And I don't want to, there's a lot I don't want to give away. So I'm going to have to be careful when we say things. We'll have to. I don't to know do, how this is going to be a challenge. This is going to be a special. But tea there and are going be a continuation.
1: Of, oh my gosh. Spilled tea and burn biscuits. I am going to have to say that there's up front, there is a mysterious creature and there's cryptid hunters out there. And well, even that know. was a big
0: thing. The curiosities, that was part mm-hmm. of Victorian England. What they were doing. In the medical field, in learning about anatomy and oddities, and they were just fascinated with oddities. And I will mention, they talk about the Fiji mermaid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've seen this mermaid at Ripley's. I've seen it, yeah. You can mm-hmm. see it at Ripley's now. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was like, I know about that. <laughs> yeah. But then before they had the forensics or the whatever to really decide if it was real or not, it was believed to be real. I think that has to do with that Gothic imagination of the time as well, that they just yeah. wanted it to
1: be real. They were just stitching stuff together and pulling it, filling it full of lightning bolts and seeing what would happen. <laughs>
0: yeah. Our main character is Brittany. And oh it might be Bridie. I'm not sure. But I, don't either. I, I had the whole time I struggled. But her with name that. is Bridget
1: and that's her short short. Yeah, she goes,
0: but she goes by pretty and she is an investigator she comes from a very interesting background her childhood was she's originally from ireland and her she came from a family with a medical background and they fell to ruin and so she ends up getting passage to england with a friend of the family and as a child a little child she sees and learns things and is acclimated to things that i don't even like watching on tv
1: <laughs> well she was first she was with her or gaffer and a gaffer is there's an old man so it was like when they would say her gaffer that would be like your old man mm-hmm. and so he was the friend of the family he was kind to her he wasn't any nefarious strange person he just hung out at pubs and bad places and stuff like that and so she was just hanging out at those places too well his trade what he did to make a living
0: because (laughs) he he was no longer a reputable medical person Mm -hmm. I was fascinated with that, the way that that surgeons got bodies and cadavers because
1: that's part and parcel with what they did. Well, they and had to that's have how something they made a to living. work with. Yes. So and that's how they studied. So the early, and I mean, if you, if you know anything about early medicine and I'm not going to profess to be particularly learned on it, but I do know from other books and strange movies that I watch that you had to have a supply of preferably fresh as possible. <laughs> (laughs) cadavers because there wasn't a lot of any kind of embalming or freezing. There's just a little bit of any of those things that could preserve anything to study. So they had to have that. And so that's, this is the time of grave robbers and, all kinds of things like that. And um, well,
0: uh, but and what they had the anatomy act. Mm-hmm. So they had outlawed the grave robbing and the, mm-hmm. not that it still didn't happen. It still happened. It wasn't as prevalent as it had been, but they were going around finding bodies and delivering mm-hmm. them. And she mm-hmm. knew how to cut off a leg, what by five. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could do medical work as a child and was in the gore and gross and, and didn't think twice about it. She'd already been acclimated to that as a young child.
1: Well, it was because of her quick action and her knowledge that was almost second nature that a physician saw her in action at a young age. And this is an offered to buy her indentured servant. They might be called a ward kind of situation. But that was guess like an apprentice. That was a thing, like yeah. an apprentice. But at any time, you know, young, young children who did not have parents who weren't in an orphanage could be used in other ways to be maids or housekeepers or to work their way into certain things. And some people would take them in some Can't and some in. some tradesmen would take
0: in an apprentice, mm-hmm. especially if they didn't have children. They could take in one and give them room and board to teach them the trade, also make them work mm-hmm. as their. But she had servant. such a
1: natural interest and curiosity in science, and he was a surgeon and a. A collector as well as specimens and studying lots of different things. So I think she already had that curiosity in her. So it's not like he imparted that on it. It was just sort of a good match. She had a steady hand and and I can see having tiny hands as an assistance in, in a surgery with somebody who could sew in a tiny spot <laughs> would right. be very helpful. Right. Right. And she had the, the courage and the
0: knowledge to just do it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a matter of, oh my God, I'm in this guy's guts. It was just, mm-hmm okay i gotta do this i'm done Mm -hmm. so she had that innate ability in her and she was very lucky in who was her guardian and she did (laughs) well to us to an extent gan was great but gan could only do so much for her he Mm -hmm. was never going to improve his situation and you have dr eames who she she got a home She's nicely dressed. She's got a housekeeper that looks after her. So she's well taken care of with the exception of one or two people in the house.
1: Yeah, the the wife and the son felt put upon without going too far into it, but felt put upon that she might be getting too much of the favors and that she might interfere with uh, probably financial or they just maybe didn't feel like she deserved any kind of those accolades or favors or attentions. Well, she was an upstart.
0: How dare this upstart being treated like a member of the family and And getting eating
1: at the table,
0: eating at the table, all Mm -hmm. of these things. And so not everybody in the house was happy with her being there. Right. So eventually she gets a new mentor that she's apprenticed to, Dr. Prudhoe, mm-hmm. and she's still friends with him. He taught her. I love him. I absolutely loved him. His burning he is, curiosity.
1: He, he was in a very amazing man and his wife was very amazing because she, she was fine with taking in more wayward children or lost children. She yes. had, They had several Around there in a very happy, like a very happy, loving foster home. So she was very lucky for that. Yes. She goes to meet with him in, in the present time of the book. She
0: goes to meet with him and he's, he's an apothecary. He does experiments. He's into mesmerism. He's into spiritualism. He's into vegetarianism. He's into time travel using magnets. He's into therapeutic potential of hallucinatory substances. <laughs> I'm just like, I love this guy. She was I a... love this guy. And he's and way cool.
1: I mean, he's very nice and like very laid back and and gives some good advice. He's just really a good character. I read
0: in the back. The author based him on a real person, Professor mm. Alfred Swain Taylor. And he was an English toxicologist and medical writer and what had been called the father of the British forensic medicine. And I thought it was interesting because he was the main dissector of Levine, Lavinia Edwards, who was a woman determined to have been born male. So that is something to I'm going to look into further. But I thought that yeah. was neat that she based him on a real person. But he was just Cool. He made blends of, you know, not only apothecary blends, but he made tobacco blends because Britty smoked a pipe. Mm-hmm. And Britty is, she wears a widow's cap and she doesn't dress conventionally. <laughs> She's just a neat character. I really he love her. He dresses Bridie.
1: up for the part.
0: She does. She, she does. She a normal, wardrobe. Her normal costume is, is an ugly bonnet on, on top of a widow's cap. And uh, she doesn't wear her corsets. Tight, tight enough, enough, you know, barely. And she just makes her way around. I just, I loved her. And and her housekeeper, Cora, who she saved from the circus, is always admonishing
1: her. You know, just, just not too much, just enough. Not too much. And she's actually, she's very much her protector. She's a, a very strong woman to have around. And she's smart. She's street smart too. So she can always take her on any of these jobs. I wanted to point out, we were talking about Freddie's um, job title. Her business card is, says, "Mrs. Divine, Domestic Investigations, Minor Surgery, especially boils, warts, extractions. The Discretion is assured." And I'm telling you, I haven't even had half that cup of tea yet. <laughs> I forgot about is her business it. card. <laughs> I know. I just was flipping through something, looking for something else, and I just said, "Minor surgery, especially boils, warts, and extractions. Like discretion is assured." And I'm like, wow, you got some strange uh, fixes there. But she was more more than just minor surgery. I think her investigative detective side has come full force. I didn't see much of her surgery skills here, but her detective skills and her trying to solve this mystery which is really a kidnapping Mm -hmm. but she was hired to help solve a kidnapping
0: and it's very hush hush she can't get information she needs to help her with the case so she's having to work around the people she's working for to try to find things out and she based on deductions and things is finding out information and i love how there are so many things that tie together in this she thinks she. She's doing this job that's not connected to her and it ends up connecting to her past life all and, of these things happen and they're all really mixed up with her mm-hmm. even though that wasn't in the original part when they hired
1: her there was no knowledge of that so it just was no it maybe was i don't know how they decided to hire her because she was i guess i think i don't know valentine rose send him out to her, how she got, how she was reached out. I don't even know if it says why the Baron reached out to her. Now that I'm thinking about it, now that you say that, and I'm thinking about, and I won't divulge anything, but going out at the end of this, I was wondering if maybe some of these um, nefarious characters along the way pulled her in because they thought maybe she would be more easily controlled because she had things going on in her world that she had to be careful of, or I don't know, especially at the end. I don't know. Okay. Did you figure out who a couple of people were before they actually got to it in the book? I kept going, gosh, you know how stuff kind of niggles at you and you go, okay, that's got to be Uh like some of these characters, their names. And I'd go back and I'd be like, now, where did I read that? Why did the name Dorcas came up in two different storylines, you know? Uh And I kept going, well, now, wait a minute. Where, where was that about? Who was saying that last time? Time. Because, you know, you go along. I'm not a note taker. I'm not. I'm the worst detective in the book. I can tell you that. And then I was like, wait a minute. So then I started rereading some of the stories that the nurse had that mm-hmm. she told the like the fairy tale stories and stuff like that, that she told that were nuggets and then those were kind of hidden truths i figured her out i um i didn't figure out some of the other characters i i, I didn't catch a camp at all First, but Kemp. that was three but look there was like some of these people had like three different names <laughs> Yeah. I
0: figured him out his first name. I figured out who he was. It's original name. Yeah. And to just give you a little caveat about the story, it's one of those that goes back in time and comes back to the present. And the little pieces that you read are stories about Britty coming up, as well as some of the other characters. And you start to see how she's weaving this tale together. And it it really, it's still, even, even though it does that, there were so many... twists and turns that it just kept you I just I wanted to know what was going to happen next.
1: And then there'd be these long, beautifully almost poetic sections going on about the whenever there was something that alluded to some of the magical things and not magical in the sense that more like fairy tale magical kinds of things, because it would be like it was raining forever in London. And then the Thames was running clear and giving up her treasures. But you couldn't you could sell out, but you could never really get anything, you know? It was just, it was very beautifully written and, and her description of things was so vibrant. I loved it. But the, those were, took you away from the story. And then I, I was like, I just want to be here. I want to go down this part of the story. And then, you know, we get some, some right. other things going on. I, I loved it. It had mystery. It had folktale. It had
0: ghosts. Ghosts? aren't always ethereal creatures. Sometimes ghosts are things from your past and there were a lot of those. So it was different types of ghosts and hauntings that were going on and it had just dark and gory stuff. I mean, it struck <laughs> my, uh, my Halloween side. I was excited about that. And I, I just, I love that, you know, we went all over England in different places. We got to see meet some really interesting characters and to just kind of have a a view of what life was like back then. I think she did a really good job of taking us back into Victorian England and we, we love visiting there anytime so we got to see another side of this time frame from a different storyline Saw London through Nella Eliza and Caroline in the lost
1: Pothcary and visited that but this time that was we're a more seeing... upscale more more we were much more into the. I mean, even though on that story it was not as mysterious and dark, even though dark things were happening, happening, this one is much more gothic and uh, in it. So it's got yeah. darker, darker tones. You're on the seedier side of things. Lost
0: Apothecary yeah. was gritty. Yeah, it was it had a more gritty tone to it. But they visited some of the same places, mm-hmm. and you were not meeting any characters that are really worthy. <laughs> Not so much in this. There are a lot of characters that don't
1: have any redeeming qualities and a but lot of things happen, is a, it's
0: like, ah, oh, it was really good.
1: There's a, the list of characters in here between the, the grave robbers and the, and that dark side of things and just the bar maids and that side, and then the carnival side. Yeah. And then, you know, you're just in, and these theatrical surgeon hospital, which was a Strange place in and of itself until we finally end up in some very just strange all of these were strange like a museum and just weird weirdness weird things that they were collecting weird things that they were doing it Mm. was very interesting and I, I mean the characters every single one of them to me felt like they had a real story behind them you know yes they yes. had their own way of speaking, they had their own uh decor, their own style, their own niche in their society. So that was really cool. It was I did. Just... I
0: identified because I, I was I felt disgust with some characters, true disgust. Oh, yeah. And some characters I really felt fear. She really made that come across well. And I don't know if there'll ever be another British story. I would love to see one. I think there is giving anything away. I think that we might. You to see so watch out for just kid because she might Britty might have another story in her yet
1: in old victorian
0: england we could visit her again
1: mm-hmm. i am really interested in reading another one of this, this kid's books i am sure
0: too. i want to see what else she's got what is it himself himself and mr flood's last resort she has another one out recently <laughs> Definitely worth reading. And I know that we have skimmed across the top of everything because if we get too much into it, we're going to give some things away and we're going to spoil the surprises for you
1: if you read it. But it's definitely worth reading. If this you like is- mysteries, if you like Victorian mysteries, if you like mm-hmm. strange and unusual curiosities, Gothic, mm-hmm. yeah. great female detective stories, this book's got it. Her, it uh, her newest book is Nightship. Nightship. Okay. Yes. All right. Well,
0: we could go on talking about this all day. I've got my tabs for Professor Alfred Swain Taylor and Lavinia Edwards and Marrow.
1: hmm Been looking the, up and that you know story. what a marrow
0: is, even though you don't know what marrow is, but hopefully you'll look it up because it has to do with the Irish folklore.
1: Yeah, I have been reading about that today. <sighs> That I'm was very to... good. Very interesting.
0: I'm going to go back and visit that. So we hope, you, we... we hope you'll read it because this is definitely worth your time. It was an excellent book. It was an and, excellent um, book. We'll be back next Wednesday. Yes, we will. We've got our final read for February. And we're kind of excited about this because this might mm-hmm. expand into more things.
1: Yeah, we're going to try something new. So we'll um, something check out new. our Facebook page, The Perfect Blend. Check out our Instagram page at The Perfect Blend underscore SC. Mm-hmm. And you can follow us on our
0: other channels, Anchor, Spotify, Google podcast podcasts and apple podcasts we right. will be there and until next time read and zip on, zip on. cheers mm, cheers